All right, what's up, everyone? I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope everyone is excited for tonight. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Matt, and I work with the college students here. And if this is a, your first time at AFC, we are so excited to have you. We are um, extremely excited for, uh, for 2015 and the things that God's going to do in this, uh, in this ministry and in this community. Um, if you don't know, AFC is part of a larger church called University Church of Christ. We meet at the, um, the building across the parking lot over there on Sunday mornings. And UCC has a new preaching minister, which just walked in the door back there. His name is Charlton. And y'all begin to know him. Y'all begin to know him throughout the semester. He's going to preach um, once or twice maybe for us. And he's just been killing the game on Sunday mornings. So um, come check us out at Come check us out at 10.30. So um, on the intern side of things, we have Tessa back with the girls. And uh, this semester, we have a newbie named Jacob Skorka. And he's, uh, he's sitting right there. And he's for the guys. You're going to get to see him on a video here in a little bit. And uh, these, these, uh, these interns are here for you. They're here to take you to coffee. They're here to hear about, your, um, hear about your week and what you're going through. So use Tessa and Skorka throughout the week. Um, small groups, we're going to start in two weeks. They're on Monday nights for everybody. So um, change your class schedule now. Tell your boss now. Tell your intramural captain now. Monday nights are clear for, for Bible studies. Jamin, that's you too, man. I don't, I don't care, dude. You got to come. Um, so, uh, so that's Monday nights at, that's Monday nights at 7. The guys are meeting at a house real close to university. The girls are at an apartment or maybe here. I'm not sure. They're going to figure it out. But uh, Monday's at 7. Uh, another exciting thing, we have something called the porch, which is starting this semester. The porch is a little bit of a lounge. We have in the, there's a classroom wing over here. The porch is, uh, it's full of couches and TVs, and uh, there's free coffee, there's Wi-Fi, there's, in a couple weeks there's going to be printing. What this is, is it's a place for you to escape during the week. It's a place for you to come and hang out with a body of believers. Um, it's something you're going to be doing on campus anyway, so come do it with us, get some free coffee, and, uh, and kind of recharge so you can be ready for the week. Um, the thing about the porch and the thing about this church, whether you knew it or not, is um, UCC has had a campus ministry here since 1966. This, uh, this hasn't always been called Aggies for Christ, but for, for decades and decades, this church has been serving that campus. And then throughout the whole time, it has had an open door policy. And that's the same thing we're doing here. So come, um, come bug myself, come bug an intern, come get a cup of coffee and just, uh, just be encouraged by, by believers like this. Um, all right, so diving in, this, diving in tonight, uh, new semester, new year. I could pick really whatever, whatever we wanted to preach on. Um, but I heard from a mentor one time that you should, uh, you should try to preach on things that have personally affected you so you can preach them with conviction. Um, and so as I was getting ready for the first AFC, I started thinking about things that really affected me um, in 2014. And uh, as broad of a topic as, as it is, tonight I'm going to be talking about heaven and a heavenly, what a heavenly perspective and how that will, how that will help us here on, here on earth. Um, heaven is one way to put it, more so, uh, more so eternity, maybe. Maybe eternity is a better word. And uh, let me tell you why. Last year, um, for the first time in my life, I lost a family member. I lost two. I lost both of my grandparents on my dad's side within four months of each other. Um, the second died of broken heart disease, and it was, um, it was one of the most epic love stories you've ever seen, if you could see it. And, uh, and, and as a believer, it really made me start thinking about heaven. It made me start thinking about hell. You may start thinking about um, what's next, and I've always believed. I've always believed there was something, but I really haven't had. Uh, I really haven't had much of urgency when it comes to when it comes to eternity until last year. And I think as I learned more and as I developed more, uh, I think I began to believe better. When uh, when I believe that this life here isn't all there is to it, I, I believe better about the promises that have been made. 
So the three points I want to cover tonight, I think we have them on the next slide. Um, in regards to heaven, we need to have urgency. We need to have urgency when it comes to um, thinking about heavenly things. The second thing is, is having an understanding, an understanding about what's to come and an understanding about how man is built to want something more than this earth. And the last is, is um, what we're going to do with our time here on earth. Well, I believe once we have a heavenly perspective, things here on earth are going to start making a lot more sense. So, um, the song, How Far Is Heaven, by Lost Lonely, Lost Lonely Boys. Uh, it's a good song. It's a good song for the hard days when you just want to escape this world, but it's also a song that asks a valid question, how far is heaven? Well, when you, uh, when you experience death or when it comes real close to it, um, you start seeing that's really not that far away at all. And this situation with my grandparents gave me that urgency that I was talking about, and, and let me tell you why. Uh, my grandmother, her name was Virginia. Now, Virginia was a, uh, not just a believer, but she was a Jesus lover. She oozed Jesus. She loved, she loved him as the person. She loved his words. She loved his people. She loved his, ch uh, his church. She loved Jesus. If anybody um, that believes in heaven and knew my grandma uh, knew her, they would know that today, right now, she is dancing in heaven, fellowshipping with um, the Jesus that she loved so passionately. Uh, now, my grandfather, I'm going to talk about him a little bit longer. His name was, uh, his name was Elmer, and Elmer was um, a great man, not just a good man and uh, not just a respected man. Elmer was a great man, and as a husband, he, uh, he loved as purely as you can love. My grandma had, uh, she battled Alzheimer's the last six years of her life, and uh, he had the most patience and gentleness with her, and he would go through photo albums with her to remind her who her family was and show her pictures from their wedding just to remind, him, uh, remind her of that love that they had. I mean, it was straight out of the notebook type stuff. It was, like I said, an, an epic love story. Um, as a grandfather, he was gentle, and he was always a fan of the things we wanted to pursue. Um, whatever phase of life that was for myself, um, whether it was when I thought I was a skateboarder and he would walk me down to the skateboard park and he would plop his lawn chair with his umbrella and he would sit there and watch me kick this, this board around with all these guys around smoking cigarettes and cussing up a storm. Like he was right there with me at Washington Skate Park. Um, he, he, for a man that never played a game of basketball, um, as my passions began to develop, he watched my, me and my brother play hundreds of games from elementary school on um, and just really just was a gentle, gentle man and always our number one fan. For work, he was in the Air Force. He protected this country. He served overseas, and when he came back, he worked in the civil service for the Air Force as well. Now, his last job that he worked really shows kind of the heart behind the man. He worked at a place called the Opportunity Center, and what the Opportunity Center was was a place where... Uh, where mentally handicapped individuals could have a chance to work. Now he would he would help these he would help facilitate options for them to, to work during the week, and he just um, he was just always loving and always caring and always uh, always looking out for for others. Uh, now I could go on for a long time about my grandpa, and as I was doing so, as I was preparing the sermon, I, I honestly got a little teary-eyed just about the life that he lived. Um, but the but the thing about death and pending death when it's approaching, is it kind of just, it changes the way you describe somebody. So I just gave you a great description of my grandpa, and, uh, and I'm just here to tell you that my description during the time where he was, um, his health was failing changed a little bit. I was sitting in my disciple's office, and I started describing him, and I used some of the same words. He was a great man. He was a great husband. He was a great father. Um, but when death was imminent, I had to share with my disciple that I've never heard him talk about his faith. I've never heard him talk about his faith. The thing about death is it, is it changes the description a little bit. Now, uh, now that gave me, in relationship with my grandfather, a sense of urgency about heaven. 
So what I did is I wrote my grandfather a letter. The first thing I said in the letter was, number one, I said thank you. I said thank you for um, teaching me what a real man looks like, and thank you for teaching me what a real man loves like. And um, that will be something uh, that I'll never, I'll never take for granted. He was the patriarch of patriarchs for our family. Now, the second thing I said in the letter was I told him what God was doing in my life. And I had a chance to share the gospel with him again. And my aunt told me he did get the letter. And you know what? He had gone to church with my grandma for years and years and years. So I know he's probably heard the gospel. It might have even been something he accepted. But I had never heard him verbally um, profess his faith. And so that's something that just um, it ate at me. And it, and it made me evaluate the level of urgency I had um, for him in his life and, and for me in mine. Because the fact of the matter is, is eternity really isn't that far away, heaven or hell. And so the question becomes, does your description change if you think about it being that quick? Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, eternity has been placed in all men's heart. In all men's heart. What this, uh, what this verse means to me is this is, the, this is the times maybe when you're in the the New Mexico mountains, or for me, it's at the lake at Elephant Butte, and we're, when you're sleeping under the stars, and there's that, there's that canvas of stars, and, uh, and you're looking up, and you just have to wonder, you just have to say, like, there's something else. There's something else out there. It's that aha moment. I don't know what your aha moment is, um, but you know, you know it when you have it. It's that moment where you realize that this isn't random, that this isn't from a bang, and most importantly, that this isn't it. Recognizing, um, recognizing eternity's reality and having an urgency about it um, will really start to change our understanding, our understanding of this life. The next point I want to make is about, is about understanding. And as I was doing so, I was trying to, as I was trying to learn about heaven and trying to learn about some of these ways I could relate these, uh, these thoughts to you, I started reading journal articles. I started reading scripts of sermons. I started watching YouTube videos. And uh, if you watch any amount of YouTube videos, you know that they're always trying to suggest something else for you to watch, right? So, uh, so I was going through suggestions, and after I watched Blank Space by Taylor Swift a couple times, I went back to, uh, I went back to the other suggestions that were being given. And, uh, and I clicked on this video um, about a little boy named Silas. And the keynote came up because of, because of heaven. And then we have a picture of Silas right there. So this is a little boy named Silas. Now Silas in this picture is four years old. And in the video I'm going to show you, um, it's Silas's mom uh, recording him. And he has tumors that are eating away at his body. He has over 15 of them in the video you're going to see. And, um, and I don't know much about his story. I tried to research it a little bit. But um, Silas was a very excitable little boy. He was full of passion, full of love, and he knew a lot about heaven, probably more so than um, a lot of Christians I've met. And you know what? The more I evaluate it, maybe more so than me. So um, this is a two-minute clip that we're going to roll, and I want, you to think, I want you to think about the words that Silas is saying. They're simple, but they're so true in regards to heaven. So it's just a couple minutes. Oh, I just love heaven, and I wish I was there all the time. What's heaven going to be like? I'm not sure. Are you going to get a new body in heaven? Yes. What's it going to be like? What's your new body going to be like? With no cancer. And I won't be sick ever. That's awesome. Are you going to be alone in heaven? Nope. God will be with me. Yeah. And, and, and you know my 
most favorite part about heaven. What's your most favorite part about heaven? That that everything's that that uh, that the streets are gold. The streets are gold. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love you. And my next favorite part are is is that I I love of is that uh, everything's so great in heaven. Yeah. Cool. And and Jesus and God will be with me. Right. Finished. Now can now can I see Mommy Can we have it for a minute? Okay. Uh, the uh the unfortunate thing about um, that story is that four weeks after his mom recorded that is uh, Silas passed away. Um, you know, as, as a side note, if you ever have kids or if you're ever around kids or you get the chance to teach kids, teach them godly good things like his mom taught him. Um, regardless of the cancer, she said she had been teaching him things about heaven from, uh, from the moment he was able to comprehend. And so now she gets this gem of a video to look back on and know that she knows where her little boy is um, today. Uh, she had a sense of urgency from before he was even sick, and she taught him these heavenly things. And his theology about heaven is pretty dang good. So I pulled some excerpts from, um, from what we can learn from this little man. So um, at one point in time, Silas says, oh, I just love heaven. I wish I was there all the time. Um, he desired to be there as we should. Paul said um, a couple times in the New Testament that he just desired to be in heaven. He desired to be in the presence of God, and, uh, he, but he knew he had work to do here, so he pressed on. Um, in a question where um, his mom asked what heaven will be like, he said, I'm not sure. Now, guys, I know there's a bunch of books out there right now about um, individuals who say they've gone to heaven or had these near-death experiences, and they come back with this really, really clear view. Um, you know, Scripture's not exactly like that all the time, but um, whether it's true or not, um, I think an appropriate response sometimes when we talk about heaven is we're just not sure about everything. It's, gonna, it's too marvelous. It's far too marvelous. Um, Silas knew he was going to get better. He knew he was going to have no cancer, and I won't be sick. Ever, he said, and that was, uh, and that's the truth that we know from Scripture as well—that we get new bodies. His mom asked him if he was going to be alone in heaven, and his answer was great. And he wasn't worried about it. He said, "No, God, God will be with me. With me, <laughs> God will be with me." Uh, you know, he had some favorite parts too: the streets being paved with gold and everything being just so great. Um, that's uh, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And then the last thing, he caps off this section by saying, um, and God and Jesus will be with me. And he says that twice um, because Silas knows something as a four-year-old that we all probably need to dwell on tonight is that heaven is what heaven is because God is there, because the presence of God is there. And it kind of brings, kind of brings up a scary question in our lives. Um, and the question is this, is if is heaven had everything you ever wanted? If heaven had all the cars, clothes, cash, jewelry, any, pretty much any material thing you can think of, if heaven had everything you ever wanted but didn't have the presence of God, would you still want heaven? Would you still want heaven? It's kind of a hard question to re wrestle with because um, in an instant it makes us evaluate our list of priorities and whether or not God is at the top of that list. 
It, uh, it calls attention to things that might be idols in our life, and if we would want to give those up for eternity if we didn't have the presence of God. That's what the gospel does sometimes. It asks us to give things up. But scripture gives us an understanding as to why Jesus is better and as why heaven will be better than, uh, than the place I already described. Um, Peter, reminding Jesus of all he had given up in Mark 10, 29, um, he re- he's trying to remind Jesus of the things that, he had, uh, that the disciples had given up to follow him. And, uh, and as if Jesus needed a reminding, he responds in typical Jesus fashion. He says, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for, the, for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. And then he lists those things again with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. You see, Jesus makes uh, promises for eternity that will blow us away as long as we are willing to prioritize him in this short amount of time on earth. While we're trying to understand heaven, um, it's also kind of important to try to understand ourselves and our, our, our views of eternity. Um, if we step back and look at it and we realize that our souls are never really satisfied here on earth, then that's by design. Uh, if you want to test that, um, wait till you get something that you've absolutely desired your whole life. Wait till you're um, with that re- in that relationship that you thought was going to fulfill everything. Wait till you're behind the wheel of that dream car, behind your desk in the corner office of the dream job that you had, and give it some time. And wait until um, that moment you say, I want more. And that's the thing about how we're designed. We're always wanting more. C.S. Lewis said, I think we have the quote coming up, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. If we can understand about ourselves that we will never really be satisfied here on earth, then we automatically begin begin living a life that's expectant of something that's not from this world. Our eyes will be open to the things of heaven, and uh, right then and there, our life will start to make more sense if you realize that satisfaction doesn't come from anything this world has to offer. I, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but at the end of the video with Silas, he does this thing where he starts reaching for his mom's camera. He says, finished. He's just got done giving this great um, sermon on heaven and how great it's going to be. And, uh, and now it's time to play. Now it's time to see the phone. And he, start re- he starts reaching for it. Now, I don't think St- um, Silas and all his infinite wisdom meant to do this. Um, but what he does is he shows exactly what a Christian should be like once they understand heaven. As Christians, we should be ready to play. We should be ready to, uh, to live joyfully knowing that this life isn't it. And that's something that Silas definitely knew. We should, uh, we should love better knowing that there's infinite love coming our way. And, uh, and we should just be joyful in that truth. Um, the fact of the matter is, is this is our temporary home. And we are called to enjoy it with the fellowship of believers um, like the group in this room. Community like this makes this life a heck of a lot easier because the fact of the matter is you're going to have a professor this semester that piles it on. You're going to have, uh, you're going to have bills to pay. You're going to have some roommate drama. Um, but whatever it is, you have a community that's here for those times. But secondly, and more importantly, is uh, you have a, com- a community that's here to constantly love you. You have a community here that's here to remind you that there's more to this life. When you have doubts, um, we're always here to encourage you. And uh, we want to push you to fall more and more in love with the person that is Jesus. I know uh, if any of you have anything to talk about tonight, um, myself, I'll be in the back. Charlton's back there. Um, the interns might be back there if you need somebody to pray with or talk to. Um, but I know it's my heart and the heart of the staff um, to point to the simple truth tonight that we're not home yet. And because of that, we get to enjoy the heck out of the temporary home that we have here. Amen? Will you pray with me? 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank, you for, um, we thank you for the promise of eternal life. We thank you for the promise of your presence being there with us. God, we know heaven will be what it will be because you're going to be there. And Silas and all his youth and wisdom at the same time, Lord, he um, pointed us tonight to a story of, of, uh, of expectancy of things to come. And because of the promises you've made us, we know that um, we can enjoy this life a whole lot more, a whole lot more, Lord. We pray for every single person in this room that this semester they would fall more in love with who Jesus is, that they will become um, dedicated disciples and disciples makers for you and your kingdom. Lord, most of all tonight, we thank you for your son and what he did on the cross. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.